kind of mugged up here with this thing over my ears and stuff, you know. It's, it's like I'm being mugged or something, you know. And I put my glasses on. So um, a couple weeks ago when I got out of the hospital, I spent some time in my garden by myself. <clears throat> and it was very enjoyable because I, I can talk to God and God really does a lot of talking to me. And um, he spoke to me on some things and... and um, and this may be more for me, but I hope uh, you all get something out of it as well, because I got a lot out of it. I, uh, I dislike weeds with passion. Um, I do. I, I really dislike weeds. Uh, I hate grasshoppers, too. I have lots of them. Uh, but God spoke to me when I was out in the garden, and I wasn't feeling well. And when I got home from the hospital, I looked at all them weeds, and I said, ah, weeds, weeds. <laughs> They just don't go away. Sometimes they do, though. And um, so I wanted to um, open in Leviticus 11.44 tonight. <clears throat> I'd like to read that with you. And then I kind of want to go into talking about two types of weeds as they relate to our lives. Um, so we get to Leviticus. And 11.44, and it says, I am the Lord your God, consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am holy. Do not make yourselves unclean by any creature that moves about the ground. Well, let me read that again. I am the Lord your God, consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am holy. Do not make yourselves unclean by any creatures that move about the ground. And obviously, if you go into the Bible, there's several places within the Bible that talk about be holy because I'm holy. Um, and, and I think that's very important. And when they talk, when they talks to us, and Moses here writing, um, when they talk about this, what he wants is he wants, a, he wants a relationship with us. That's what he really wants. He wants a, a relationship with us. Uh, he wants the best for us. Not, you know, a lot of people go around and say, there's a lot of rules in the Bible, a lot of rules in Leviticus. And um, so true, there are things that God put there for us to, to, that we would abide in, so he would have that relationship with us. And how important those things are, and there's so many. Um, but that one there, um, you know, be holy because I'm holy. Um, you can't really mess with that too much. Um, you shall be holy... Uh, by this, he gives to them an under, understanding that all, all these cautions about eating or touching uh, these creatures was not for any real uncleanness in them, but only that by diligent observations of these rules, they might learn with greater care to avoid all moral pollutions and to keep themselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit and from all familiar and intimate converse with notorious sinners." So, I want to talk about weeds, though, and this is going to relate with weeds. It's going there, okay? So, I was careful about the weed thing because I wanted to look up some things on Google on weeds, and when, when I started looking up weeds, it pulled the wrong stuff up on me. And uh, so, I had, to, I had to move around a little bit, and I was like, wow, this wasn't really what I was looking for, you know? And, and, um, but I want to tell you, there's two weeds I really hate, and hate's a strong word. I dislike them. And um, I didn't know until this year I started working out in the garden there, there was this weed, and I didn't think it was a weed. 
I really didn't. It looked exactly like a watermelon plant. It did. It looked exactly like a watermelon plant. And I left it there. But it just wasn't in its place. You know, it, rows have rows. And then you have the place you walk, and there should be no weeds. And it was in that walking spot. And I said, I don't remember planting no, no uh, watermelon out there. And I went to pull that thing, and it, it stuck to my fingers. It had prickers and everything on it. You know how you get pricked once in a while? Everybody knows how you get pricked once in a while. Sometimes when you get pricked, there's a reason you got pricked. That's what happens when you pull weeds. And so there was this weed, and I finally got rid of that one, which I was glad to get that out of there. But then there was the bindweed, and the bindweed, I played with that for hours in the cornfield. And the bindweed, it just chokes you to death. Everybody follow me? It chokes you, and, and it was just awful. And the bindweed, if you ever dealt with a bindweed, it has so many roots, they go everywhere. You can't get rid of the bindweed. You can't. It's a tough weed to get rid of. And um, I'm going to go back to these two weeds, but I'm going to tell you, if you go around your neighborhood and stuff, if you don't have a bindweed, you've got a perfect yard, and you're using a lot of chemicals to kill it. That's a fact, okay? Um, but there's two types of weeds in our life. Okay, and uh, one of them is the destructive weeds. Okay, and I want to go to, if it's all right with y'all, I want to go to Galatians five nineteen through 21 and relate this as it relates with weeds to our lives. As I said, these are, number one is the destructive weeds. And if you look at 5, 19 through 21, um, here with Paul, we talk about the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I'll go back to, if we go back to the holiness part, be holy because I'm holy. That's what God calls us to do. And we look at all these, and you know, this is a comparison with weeds. These are destructive in our lives, these things that Paul mentions here. They're all destructive. Um, they're all sin. Um, but the destructive weeds, spiritual weeds, weeds, rob us of energy and nutrients necessary to grow. Fruits of the Spirit are choked by the presence of weeds in the spiritual garden. And if you think about in your garden, and what I just said, that one weed, and I dislike weeds, period. But that binding weed, it just chokes out corn. You should see it when it gets up corn. It just wraps it, and you're trying to get the roots out. And you know what it does when you try to get it out? It pulls the corn with it. You know, it just chokes. That's what it does. And, and when you look at gardening, and, and I, I love gardening, I really do, but I dislike weeds. If the weeds would go away, gardening would be perfect. Um, if sin would go away, we would be perfect, um, but we have our flesh, and uh, therefore uh, we, we, are, we are challenged on all sides. Um, however, um, that spiritual weed, <laughs> destructive weeds, they rob us of the energy. It does to us what it does to a weed or a plant. So if you look at a plant, and it's a beautiful plant, you can have beautiful tomato plants, but if that weed starts to crawl up through there, that weed, it'll start choking your tomato plant. Next thing, what happens to your tomato plant? It dies. This is gone. Um, we can relate that over here in our walk. If we look at all these things that are destructive in our lives, uh, that come into our lives sometimes, 
And uh, if we allow that to come into our lives, it robs us. It robs us of that relationship that God wants with us. And that relationship is right here. It's not all this other stuff. The other stuff will rob us. It robs us of the energy and nutrients necessary to grow. And that is the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, They're just choked out. How many of you ever met somebody who's just choked out? They got choked out because of all the things in their lives that weren't good, and yet they, they, they couldn't control them because they needed God in their life to take care of those things. Um, destructive weeds. I dislike weeds. Um, and we should dislike that too as followers of Christ. Those things that, that bring us down or those people that bring us down. And I'm going to go there. <laughs> and it's a tough one for me because I have family like that. We have also what you call misplaced weeds. Think about it. I was just talking, remember the weed? If, if that weed is in the wrong place, it, it's getting pulled out. It's not in the proper place. How many times in our lives as Christians do things get involved in our walk that interfere with our walk, and, and all of a sudden your walk was here, and now you're veering this way and this way, and it's all over the place. And I'm, I'll be the first to tell you I, I am guilty of that. And God spoke to me about that a little bit and said, what are your priorities, Scott, in life? What are your priorities? And do you have everything in line or are there things out of place in your walk that are causing you not to really focus on me and, and where I want you to be? Um, and I think those are the misplaced weeds in our lives. Um, and what I want to do is go to Colossians 3.5 for that. And uh, that will talk about that a little bit. If you get there before me, I'm okay with you reading it. Robin, you want to read that? Saw that coming, didn't you? Uh, Yes, ma'am. Yeah, just fine. That's good. Read that one more time, just because I like to hear your voice. Okay? (laughs) Trying to get my priorities right here. Idolatry, right? Okay. I'm there now, thank you. Um, So, these are misplaced weeds. Okay, uh, misplaced weeds. Many good things in our lives become weeds when they are not put in the proper place. Anybody got a problem with that other than me? It's okay. It's okay because we all have that. They're misplaced. And, and we can talk about money. We can talk about family. <laughs> and sometimes family is misplaced. And I know some of you are going to say, what do you mean by that, Scott? Well, I want to go to Luke 14, 26 and 27. And one time Curtis was teaching on this, and I had to really dig into that one to really see where it was going. And, um, and I knew what it said, but I didn't understand what it said. Um, and 14, 20, 14, 26, and 27 says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own wife, he cannot be my disciple. And it's talking about, God's talking about um, being focused on Him. He is your number one priority in our lives as Christians. 
Uh, yes, you love your wife, you love your kids. And, and sometimes you have them relatives, though, that are in your family. They're out of place. They cause you strife. They cause you sleepless nights. They cause you, yeah, they cause you anxiety. They cause you a lot of things because they're not in the proper place. Our families need to be in proper place too. There's a place for them. And, and if, our, if, our, if, our, if our focus is always as it should be as Christians, we're trying to focus on God and live better lives, and we know the flesh gets in the way many times uh, and sometimes daily. But if we're trying to put that all in perspective, sometimes it is, hey, Alex, uh, I'm, I'm focused here, and I'm listening to my music that's uplifting to me right now. You just don't mess with my radio station. Okay, that's, that's how it works in the morning because Alex, my son, is, it, yeah, um, how do I want to put that? He's misplaced, okay? He, everybody's following me. I know you are. Misplaced means you don't mess with my radio in the morning. I like 102.7 and I like to listen because it just is good for me and I know what's good for me at that time and I need to hear God's word through music. That's all I'm asking. I'm not asking a whole lot, so don't touch my radio, or you'll walk. Sometimes we have family that brings a lot of strife and mess. And sometimes we get so focused on the strife and mess, it takes us away from where God is and where he wants us. And, and that, it all of a sudden, it gets misplaced. And, and I've been there. I've seen where family can really get misplaced. And, and you're so focused on these things over here and these things over here, you forget God's right there. And God wants you to continue here and get those people in their proper places. In the church, sometimes we can get misplaced. And, and it's that we get so caught up sometimes in all the work and stuff going on that we forget God's right here. He's going to take care of it all. You get so caught up in work that you get overworked. And it's because we misplace things. It's misplaced, like that weed that's misplaced. Sometimes we can even be misplaced with tasks in the church. Um, you know. So family, I thought, was just a great one because it spoke to me. Uh, but I do want to talk about money now. Um, I know everybody needs money. You have to have money to survive and pay your rent and, and all the good things that money does. But let's go to Mark 10, 17 through 23. Um, please. So Mark uh, 10, 17 through 23, and we're talking, we're talking about money. Money can be misplaced and not be in its proper place in our lives. And uh, 17 through 23, it talks about the rich young man, and all of you know this story. But as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had a great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven? And even, even money can be out of place in our lives. Uh, it has a proper place. 
But if, we're, if we are focusing as we should, as God calls us to focus on him and that relationship with him, all these other things have their proper place. Um, but they can distract us totally. And, and how many people, I had an uncle, I'll share this with you. He just passed away here a few weeks ago from uh, cancer in a nursing home. And uh, when I was a young boy, I was telling Robin, I always used to look up to him. He was just a, he was a great guy. Uh, he was my dad's half-brother, and we'd go to Virginia, and he had this beautiful house. I mean, it was just beautiful. It was a, one of the old um, big houses, had a big porch, and he had black Angus he raised, and, and he had a million-dollar business at the time, and this was in the 70s. He did landscaping business, and I heard you talk about landscaping business earlier. He had a million-dollar business, and he was doing great, but he was an alcoholic. And him and my dad, my dad was an alcoholic. And they drank real hard and heavy. And he had all the money. You, he did. He was a rich man. And I just always looked up to him. I thought he had it all together. But I found out years later, as I, as I grew up a little bit, he didn't have it together. Alcohol led him to where he was with multi-heart attacks and a divorce and, and breakup with his family and children. But he, 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 never, he never found God in that process, unfortunately. Um, and I think sometimes, once again things not in the proper place can lead to all kinds of other things that we've just discussed. Um, weeds will continue to surface. And it takes a regular maintenance program to prevent and keep them out. Um, it's true. Robin loves pulling weeds. Um, you know, she does. Uh, <laughs> he does. Um, in order for the Spirit to cultivate holiness in our lives, we must recognize the weeds in our lives. You know, and, and that's for us to do an assessment and, and with the Holy Spirit guiding to be able to say, hey, I've got some issues in my life and here's what I need to work on, God, in my life. Um, in order for the Spirit to cultivate holiness, we have to recognize those. Um, so dealing with weeds must be, uh, weeds, some must be destroyed. <laughs> so let's go to Ephesians 4.22. And I'm sorry that we're flipping around, but I had fun flipping around. Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, Ephesians 4.22 says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And I read more than that. But, but how important that is in, in our walk. Um, you know, we're, we're taught with regard of our former ways of life to put off the old self. Um, and how important that is when we're walking with Christ, uh, that we do put off the old self, and, and we're in prayer, and we're in daily communion with God. Um, and not just with God. There's a few things, you know, there's, there's certain ingredients that sometimes we miss out on. Um, I think when we're not praying daily, when we're not um, in fellowship with other believers, when we're not coming to church... Uh, when we're not fellowshipping, whether it's a men's Bible study or, or a woman's Bible study uh, with other believers, I think um, that's where Satan comes in and starts pulling you back because what did we lose? We lost the focus of where we were going. And, and we're being pulled by these other things, but here's God saying, hey, <laughs> get back here. <laughs> I need you right here. I love you. I want the best for you. And those things there, they're, they're not going to get you there, whether it's alcohol or, or whatever it may be. It won't get you there. Uh, he wants that personal relationship with you and I. He wants us to be in church. Um, he tells us in his word not to forsake the gathering of others, right? 
to be, be with others, and, and that's encouraging and uplifting. One of the things my grandfather told me years ago, and I never forgot it, and it, it's biblical, uh, you have to have a Paul, a Barnabas, and Timothy in your life. It's that older gentleman you look up to who, who's, who's a saint, so to speak, that's mentoring to you. You have to have a Barnabas who's a, an accountable brother, and you have to have a Timothy who's a younger man that you're mentoring to, and that three-in-one court there is very important. Whether it's guys, gals, it doesn't matter. It's, it's very important to have those people in our lives. Um, and I think without them, um, it, you know, when I lost my grandfather, I thought, wow, I lost, I lost my mentor. <laughs> and he was a Christian man, and I lost my mentor. But then you have to fill those spots with other people, or you become them people as you move along. So um, weeds will continue to surface. Maintaining, maintaining the garden consists of areas of maintenance. <laughs> and I don't know how many of you have gardens. It's a lot of maintenance. Uh, it doesn't go away. If it rains, they grow. Um, fact. So 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 13. I wanted to go there. First Corinthians ten thirteen says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. And I've heard people say sometimes when you're talking to them and there's so many things going on in their lives, Oh, he's giving me more than I can handle. I'm just, oh, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. I don't know if my wife ever said that, but uh, you know, I'm sure there's some of you feel that way sometimes. We've probably all been there at times where things are just happening in our lives, whether it's family and all those things being thrown that ain't in their proper place. Proper place. Not in their proper place, and you just seem overwhelmed by everything going on, and it's like, wow, what is going on here? And then it can really, it can really um, take you out of that lane that you should be in. And I've been there. I've done it. I know. I have. I can tell you when my son went to Afghanistan, I, I lost my focus. And my other son came out of the closet. I lost my focus. And it caused me to wonder about my marriage and where I was at and all the things that were going on. And, and I had to be reeled back in. And it took some strong people around me to reel me back in. It wasn't me. It was God that brought me back. Because uh, I would tell you, if it wasn't for those people and my wife, I wouldn't be sitting here. Uh, because those things at the time, those things that were not in their proper places in my life and my walk with Christ were distracting me and I lost total focus off of God and was, look at this, why is this going on, why me? And you know, you can get sucked into that very easy sometimes in our walk and, and uh, I do understand that. Um, but we keep perspective and we keep focused on God. Um, and with that being said... Um, Weeds will continue to surface, and it takes regular maintenance program to prevent and keep them out. And uh, that's spending time in God's Word. Um, 2 Timothy uh, 3, 16 and 17. It's in the T's. having a hard time with the T's. Second Timothy, right? Three, sixteen, and seventeen, and it says, "All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work." Um, 
and, and that's what we, hopefully that's what we do daily, you know, um, when we get up is spend time with God, spend time in God's Word, whether that's your scripture reading or a devotion or, or, or whatever that is for you in your, your walk. Uh, it's feeding daily, though, on God's Word. And I, I, I can only say this for, for, for my walk. When I'm feeding daily on God's Word, I'm good to go. I feel much better. <laughs> I do. I, I can go to work with a whole different outlook and a whole different attitude. But I know those days when I don't, uh, I can be a grumpy old man. And um, that's the flesh. I, you know, I just, you know, that's the flesh. It happens. And then people say, Mr. Hall. Say, yeah, it's just the flesh. I'm sorry. I'll go back in my office and close the door and I'll pray about this. Uh, but we spend time in God's Word. Okay, and we pray daily. Um, pray daily. Uh, whether that's with, with your wife or with, your, with yourself riding in your vehicle to work. Uh, whatever that is. What works for you. Doesn't may not work the same for Scott, may not work the same for Curtis, but we spend time with God's Word daily. Um, and, and that's memorizing a verse. My wife likes memorizing verses. I'm, I'd be the first to say I'm not good at memorizing verses like she is. She, uh, sometimes I have to read her cards, say, what are we memorizing today? I need to know. Um, but, but spending that time in God's Word. Uh, pray daily. And fellowship with believers. Fellowship with believers. Uh, when I first became a Christian, I was a big drinker before then, and out there living a rough life. And um, I found out real quick when I first became a Christian, I didn't have no friends. <laughs> I was like, wow, I got no friends. And Robin and I were stationed at Fort Carson at the time, so I had to come down to Canyon City every weekend, and we'd spend time with her parents and go to church. And that's what we did. And, uh, but we were spending time with believers. I guarantee you the believers in the room lifting up and encouraging each other and praying for each other goes a lot further than anybody outside these doors can do for you that, that is not a Christian. And I, I can tell you there were times that I, I followed the wrong people. And it wasn't good for my walk at all. And you have to remember everything has a place. And hopefully those weeds, you know, you pull those weeds and stay focused on God. Um, and, and I, I, I pulled something for you. I wanted y'all to just, this was good for me. I, I enjoyed it, and, and it spoke to me because I'm a gardener, and I love gardening. Weeds are easier to pull when the soil's soft. Anybody who's pulled weeds, you know that, okay? Hardened soil makes it difficult to remove the weed, and a hardened heart only hurts itself, okay? Only hurts itself. And I can tell you I've been in the hall garden <laughs> where weeds come out real good, and then I've been in the hall garden where we just break off. And I'm like, well, that one's coming back. And I remember growing up on a farm, and my dad, he was a hard man. And uh, if you pulled a weed and you left the roots, it wasn't a good day because <laughs> the weed's going to come back. So put that in perspective. You've got to pull certain things. You've got to come out of your life. That's the point. They come out of your life. Pull them out. Take them out. And don't go back to that. Um, and that's through, through God and through the Holy Spirit. All weeds look differently. They do. There's a lot of them. Weeds can be a lot of different things in our lives. The struggles, the temptations, the trials, the imperfections, impurities. No weed is too big for us to pull with the help of God. Fact. If you try pulling it on yourself, I guarantee it's not going to work. And I'm talking about our lives. Maybe out there in Scott's garden when I'm out there just by myself, I'm going to pull them weeds, I'm going to yank them. <laughs> They're coming out. Um, but we need the Holy Spirit. We, we need the Holy Spirit to work in our lives in those areas, you know, that we struggle in. Whatever that may be for us. Everybody's a little different. We all have some struggles. We do. 
Um, if you don't pull the weed from the root, it will grow back. Remember that weed I was telling you about? It's just, it's ugly. It just has so many roots, and you pull it, and you're like, oh, look at the stinking weeds. And you're sitting there playing with it for five minutes, and, and a week later, you go back out there, and there it is again. I, you know, it's just back. It's annoying. No weed is too big for us to pull with the help of God. If you don't pull the weed from the root, it will grow back. So in our lives, if um, we try to take care of it ourselves, it will come back. It needs God's help. It needs God's help. We all do. Um, it's very true. Some weeds will cause you to get your hands dirty. I want to talk about that. All weeds are going to cause you to get your hands dirty. If you're, if you're weeding properly, you're going to put your hands in the dirt. My wife wears gloves. I, I don't wear gloves. I get out there, and when I get done at the end of the day, I'm scrubbing my hands off. They're dirty. It's dirty. It's messy. Well, it, it is. How many pull weeds? All of you pull weeds. I'm sure you have, Okay. You're going to get your hands dirty. In our lives, roots have to be removed. It's a messy process. God loves us despite our mess. He does. And he wants the best for us. And remember what I said, going back to be holy because I'm holy. He wants the best for us. That's what God was telling us. He wants the best for each of us. What time do I have to be done? Because nobody told me.